Hello and welcome to another edition of Off the Shelf with Phil and Dave. I'm Phil, with me as always is Dave. And this week, we've got coming off of Dave's Shelf, 1971's classic, Academy Award winning, French Connection. Starring Gene Hackman. Dave, how are you, buddy? And uh, of course, let's get uh, right to the meat of it. Why this movie and uh, why now? Oh, good. Thanks for asking, Phil. Uh, I think you kind of said it already. Gene Hackman. Enough said. Uh, but I'll give another explanation, I guess, just for fun. Um, I was organizing my uh, my Blu-rays and found French Connection wrapped up in whatever you call that uh, material there. Hadn't been opened. Oh, my goodness. So, like, I um, bought it a little while ago, I guess. I must have saw it somewhere. Probably pretty inexpensive as most Blu-rays are these days. It's Eight ninety-nine, maybe. So I just picked it up because I mean it's one of those. It's a how oh, I wouldn't say it, a household title, but I go as far as to say it's a well-known film, oldie but a good. I would say, say it's pretty well known and uh, rolls. You know, many many Academy Award nominations and wins. So yeah, to your point, I think it's common. Yes, yes. Okay. And I find that a little surprising, but we'll uh, uh, we'll we'll get into the film. Uh, but yeah, that's that's why I just I just came across it and realized I hadn't watched it. You know how I feel about Gene, and I know uh, we just watched Jaws. Coincidentally, uh, a guy didn't even realize Roy Scheider was in this movie, so that was a pure coincidence. Another coincidence what is the fact that the director that we had just watched Rules of Engagement, uh, Rules of Engagement. With William uh, Freakin. So, two yeah. pretty interesting coincidences. Uh, but I mean, maybe it's just meant to be uh, that, we're, uh, that I stumbled across it. So, here we are, French Connection, as you said, 1971. Uh, so, uh, going back to, a, to, a, to an oldie, but uh, it's in color. It's in color. And it's well shot. <laughs> yes, um, yes. For all the all the people, all the listeners that uh, are worried and concerned that we might go black and white, uh, not this week. Not, <laughs> it could happen, though. Uh, it is very likely to happen. I have a lot of black and white movies here. So, Phil, when's the last time you have seen said film, French Connection? You know, I uh, I would suggest that I, similar to you, actually bought it. A bit sight unseen, uh, but I did it on DVD. So in the early 2000s, they released a five-star, this is a Fox Cinema, released a, a five-star collection of DVDs. And uh, one of them that was offered, you know, two discs, special edition, blah, 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 all the good stuff that you'd come to expect from... Uh, you know, DVD production around that time uh, and came out. And, and I thought, you know, similar to you, which was, well, this is a movie I feel like I should watch. Um, and to your point as well, I mean, I saw Roy Scheider, who is one of my favorite actors, and we're going to get to a couple more of his movies uh, soon enough. Uh, Gene Hackman, high quality. William Friedkin, again, I love The Exorcist, um, and uh, which is the movie made right after that. And I had heard of Sorcerer. I hadn't yet seen it, uh, which is I got Scheider and Friedkin together um, again. So anyway, so it was a movie that, that I had seen, but I don't think I'd watched it since that DVD purchase, which I would say is, again, probably maybe 2003, four. So uh, 15 years uh, is the short answer to that question. I hadn't seen it in probably around 15 years. I'm sorry. That's the short answer. <laughs> You know, our listeners really want to hear the trajectory of uh, our DVD purchases. They want to know the where's and the when's. Well, whether it's Walmart in 2018 in a bargain bin, or uh, it's A and B Sound in 2003. Uh, sorry, uh, in uh, in 2003 in Vancouver. Uh, you know, they want to know. Uh, yeah. So I remember. I got the Blu-ray really, version. So yes, you you certainly moved up. Yeah. I really remember enjoying the movie and remember thinking uh well this is just sort of it just sort of 
starts and ends. Like it's, I, I found it very tight back then. I remember just thinking, oh, this is just the movie. Like there's really not much to it. Uh, and again, the chase sequences, those were the sort of two, two things that I kind of remembered around the movie was, was that in rewatching it this time, I was impressed that, uh, you know, not much had really changed in terms of my uh, perception, you know, uh, watching it this time, there really isn't a lot to it. Uh, it's a, it's a, you know, more or less a procedural. And there's a couple of chases, a whole movie in some ways, you know, there's sort of these multiple chases, uh, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, the, uh, the running in the near the beginning, or it's the sort of car chase, which is sort of the, you know, the thing that this movie kind of hangs its hat on uh, later on in the movie, it's pretty propulsive. And uh, I kind of respected that. So that was my initial thoughts on this watch. Uh, what are yours? You, 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 you've never seen this movie. So talk to me. What, uh, what were your thoughts? How did it, how did it sit in the, in your pantheon of, of Gene? Uh, and uh, so on. Talk to me. Well, I think we kind of touched on it when we watched Jaws. Um, I did have pretty pretty high expectations coming in because of the the name the the movie being thrown around the name French Connection over the last you know twenty years or so. Mm. So I've heard about it, and it's surprising I hadn't seen it since I claim to be such a Gene Hackman fan. Yet here we have this movie that's critically acclaimed and award winning, and I sat on it. You know, he himself sleep. won the Oscar for this. You know, not just in the, in a good movie or yeah. in an Academy Award winning movie. This is the movie that won him an Oscar. I did not know that. See, I'm really embarrassing myself here, and then and I hope Gene's not listening. Uh, <laughs> Gene, who I believe is in his 90s, is still an avid bicyclist. <laughs> for those who don't know, you know that he's a bicyclist, but don't know that he won an Oscar in 1971 for this performance. That is correct. <laughs> I'm more interested in the real Gene, okay? That's right. You want to get to know the man. You know, the real yeah. the person. The man behind <laughs> Papa Doyle. That's right. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah, high expectations going in a little bit. I tried to tailor him off and, and try to bring myself down, but I, I don't think I did. Um, so, I don't know. It's There's certain elements about the film I enjoyed. Um, I heard about this great uh, car chase scene I was hearing about, uh, read about, and still waiting for it. Uh, but actually, no, I, I just, I, I did, for the, for the time the movie was made, with the uh, technology that we have, I thought that um, a couple of the scenes, uh, chase scenes were actually quite good for its time. Like cutting edge, like for... Uh, for for when it came out in 1971 so there was it did the movie did impress me in some aspects i did like the a lot of the scene the uh, scenes like the cinema cinematography <clears throat> the uh i love it was a brooklyn uh it's uh queens i think uh brooklyn you know the this, you know some of the boroughs absolutely okay so i did enjoy um uh, where the movie took us in the setting. And I thought uh, that was well done. I just, I did found a, a lot of waiting around for things to happen. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I was a little disappointed. I'm going to, I'm just going to come out and say it. Is that your uh, short answer? That's my short <laughs> answer. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was a little disappointed. And maybe I'm, it's just a, a byproduct of uh, not seeing it in 1971, right? Seeing it with 2021 eyes, you know. I think, again, I mean, this, we talked a little bit around the Jaws as well. And I, I think, you know, uh, it's going to be, you know, the 70s are, are, are certainly a different, you know, a different style of filmmaking. Uh, you know, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the ending of this movie, but we've mentioned it in Jaws and, 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 and we'll continue to, I'm sure, in the 70s movies that we explore. But there's like the, the very definitive kind of hard cut at the end, you know, in terms of, you know, with Jaws, it's like the shark blows up there. That's it. You know, there's nothing else. There's no more story. There's no more interest. There's no, you know, six minute credit sequence, not a post credit sequence. There's not an ending upon an ending upon an ending. Its story is finished you know, they swim up on the beach and it's over. You know, the whole thing, you know, ends in, in the credits. But 
whole thing is over less than two minutes after the shark blows up. Uh, and this movie has similar kind of qualities. And the fact is that just movies were made differently in an era uh, 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 where, you know, attention spans were different. Uh, you know, the, the distractions were limited. The, the filmmaking was more sort of artist heavy. I mean, uh, the 70s is rife with examples of that, uh, you know, the sort of brilliant careers uh, of, of many sort of, you know, people that are still heralded as like some of the greatest filmmakers uh, around, like De Palma and Spielberg and Coppola and so forth. Um, you know, the creative was first. And so these are the movies and the storytelling is different. It's not about necessarily fast paced and whiz band boom. Having said all of that, I think to go into any movie outside of its time is a challenge for any audience. Uh, and I think it's getting harder and harder the more uh, technology evolves and patience is diminished. Uh, and, uh, and the film style, you know, again, the technology just, it's, it's, it's changed, you know, even from the eighties, you know, if we watch a movie from 1975, it's going to look very, very different than a movie in 1985. Uh, maybe a little less different in 1995, but certainly in 2005. So having said all of that, I think while this movie may suffer in your eyes or in your experience from having been made, you know, 40 years ago, uh, or is it 50 years ago? Either way, math is not my strong suit. Uh, I think that on its merits, I think it holds up personally, again, as, as a pretty spectacular piece of filmmaking. Um, so I'm sorry that you, you, you had less than, uh, uh, you know, uh, pleasant experience. Um, but I'm going to try and turn, around, turn you around on it. <laughs> I, wouldn't say it was, I wouldn't say it was unpleasant. I'd, I'd okay, just say, well, that's good. That's good. But uh, I'm just saying there's uh, sometimes that, uh, you know, I thought I was hoping for more. That's fair. Totally reasonable. I mean, I think, again, you're sort of watching. I watched it the same, and I thought, okay, there's another scene of the stakeout. You know, there's another scene of, of the tale, you know, the following of the, of the guy, you know. Uh, and those are all things that uh, I think, yeah, are, are maybe uh, a bit dry. So I, I certainly respect the position, you know, uh, but I found it captivating or at least compelling as a procedural. You know, again, there's just these two cops ultimately – being cops that's it you know the movie isn't really about mm -hmm. anything more than that they need to get this bust and you know and they're you know they're they're on the on the outs as it were they don't really allude to anything before you know there's like no fat to me in this movie it's all towards the end it's all towards this one drug deal this french connection that they you know mentioned right at the very beginning you know and that's the story there's no b plots there's no kind of uh, you know, pivoting or, or, or uh, backstory necessarily. You get allusions to it here and there, but there's no love interest. There's no, you know, it's really just the job. And I find the movie is ultimately a representation of just the job. And I found that interesting and kind of compelling to watch, even if um, from a plotting perspective, it wasn't really anything, uh, either, let's say, super exciting. Yeah, and I think... You, not knowing that, I mean, I made the I made that assumption where this was a big, like the story was gonna be big, this big drug bust, this big drug lord. Sure. I think that was the impression I either was given or gave to myself. Mm -hmm, and now mm -hmm. the more I, more that it's sinking in, uh, it's it's as you said, it's just it's not a big story, and you have to kind of almost slow yourself down a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, and bring yourself down to just this is just a couple beat cops, just a couple guys, uh, and not uh, oversell it, uh, and just uh, and, and look for the subtleties and and not, don't think too much into it. And it's just it is just a story, and I think that's probably something I didn't do and wish I had kind of uh, done and mentally better better mental preparation. I think going into the film. Mm -hmm, I know it's mm -hmm. kind of kind of silly to think that. Well, why do I have to mentally prepare to watch a movie? Well, the reality is, what you do to a certain extent when you 
have movies like this who have been out for a while and have been uh, spoken about and reviewed and things like that and won awards and stuff and and even the films that are out now it's the same kind of thing there is a certain level of mental preparation like how many times you know we go into uh like look at ad astra all oh, this is all oh, cool assuming it's some crazy sci-fi awesome space movie not really it's just they chose space to to tell a story about a father and son so and that's why i went back to that a couple times because like i was kind of like thrown off to what this movie was so this is a movie although maybe dis- i was disappointed would probably watch it again just with a different set of eyes just to kind of you know okay now i'm gonna go in it's just a couple of cops and i gotta make stop making the mistake of of gene hackman going in and saying oh he because he's such a cool guy and plays sure. such a cool cool character in all his films and again this movie does end abruptly a little more abruptly than, than jaws i would even say uh, yes, you know, I, I would say Jaws ends quickly, but not necessarily abruptly. This is more abrupt, uh, and kind of go back into it uh, with not having that on Gene and just kind of watching it for what it is and just bring it down a notch. And I did enjoy uh, Roy though, seeing him in a different character because I'd only seen him in Jaws, so I did enjoy that. And there, again, there's definitely aspects of this movie I like, but I definitely feel like I'm gonna watch watch it again just with a different. Uh, a uh, set of irises, uh, you know, a, those are part of your eye. That's part um, of the eye. Okay, oh, thank you. Yeah. I that. <laughs> For those who don't know. <laughs> uh, and Gene, uh, I didn't like his haircut, though, but other than that. Uh, you didn't? You did not like his haircut? Interesting. I like, haircut. I like Roy's haircut, though. Loved Roy's haircut. Yeah, Roy, he just is so goddamn cool all the time. I just think he's 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 just he's not Gene cool. He's not Gene cool, but he's cool. <laughs> okay uh were you uh let's just you know talk about maybe some of the uh uh you know some of the more technical sides of it did you happen to enjoy we talked a little bit around this uh certainly around uh, uh rules of engagement jaws obviously iconic do you have any thoughts on the score to this movie did it stick out at all did you like it no you... it stuck out yes for sure did i love it no did i like it yes <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's definitely out of the seventies, but I think it was at some points. It was I felt like it was sometimes just kids banging on things. I don't know what was going, but that was just a brief moment. I think it was. I don't know. It was pretty unique to what I've been exposed to when it comes to soundtracks. You know how much I love Hans Zimmer and Interstellar and uh, Pearl Harbor and these crazy awesome soundtracks. But this and Zimmer this was, Zimmer is not is not above banging on things to, to get a to get a sound. I want to be clear about that. It's not uncommon for Hans Zimmer to bang a bunch of shit around. Yeah. Whatever it takes to get the right uh, the right sound. Uh, I think it was very I think it was pretty fitting. So I think mm-hmm. it went well with what the movie was about. So I think uh you know how we watch uh, uh, what what film was it was where Last Man Standing where it was a kind oh, of yeah. a different score, and I didn't mind the score. Were maybe under certain different circumstances, but I didn't. For me, it just—I don't know if it was just annoying, <laughs> or maybe sure. uh, I just didn't like it. Uh, where this one, I it could have gone like, "Oh, this is kind of you know," because it is pretty basic and then kind of its noise, but it just works um, for this film for its yeah, time. I really, so I liked it. I really liked it as well. I thought you know it was nice and kind of percussive. I did enjoy the uh, you know the sort of it was a bit you know again we're coming out of things like Jaws certainly very orchestral and big sound and, and sweeping, you know, and John Williams sort of brings that to the table at every, at every turn. Uh, whereas uh, this movie is again, just a much smaller, simpler, more sort of straightforward as it were, um, you know, score by uh, a guy named uh, Don Ellis, uh, who ultimately, you know, pretty much did, only his, you know, most of his work or all of his work really in the seventies, uh, you know, his, his first credit, uh, on a movie is, is 1969. And the last one is 1979. So in those 10 years, but he, he curiously, he did the score to a movie I love also starring Roy Scheider, also about cops, uh, called the seven ups, uh, that came out a couple years after this. So I don't remember the score, uh, in that movie in particular, but, uh, I think when I go back to it, uh, it'll be interesting to hear it, but I, I thought the score was, was nice. It, it, I thought it was again, percussive. 
and uh, you know push forward and, and kept the story kind of going, particularly in those chase sequences and so forth. I thought uh, a nice accompaniment. Uh, I was impressed. I had I knew nothing about Don Ellis uh, uh, before this, but the name I looked it up because uh, I was really impressed by it. I really liked it. Again, as a as a point or a counterpoint to the movie itself, I thought it was it fit in. You don't you know this movie doesn't need a sweeping score. It does not need you know full orchestra. It's a gritty you know downtown yeah. New York seventies kind of movie, and sometimes you got to bang some pots and pans around to to get that across. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, they did they did fine with that that and along with the, again the visuals. So I thought um, were good for its time. I think it kind of maybe it's my Blu-ray version, Philip. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I know if that upgrade uh, really put it over the top. It's probably. I mean, you didn't enjoy it as much with your your DVD, but uh, yeah. Uh, well, and, and I think the audience wants to know where are we at with the uh, with the renovations? Are you in full Atmos uh, experience uh, here, yeah. or I am, and I have to say they did a pretty good um, sound. Uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, like they put it together well for this film. You know, I remember watching Untouchables and I thought, well, who put this together? I felt like it wasn't a very good uh, up Blu-ray upgrade for the sound. I thought like it wasn't, you know, it was 5.1, but it wasn't, you know, I don't know. It didn't sound good. Sure. I just remember. Not a robust. Yeah. Sound, but, but this, they did, like they had some sounds coming out from the left, coming from the right. Like they did, they made a, to me, it feels like they made an effort with the sound mix. Wonderful. So, and so just a just a poor hey, this is Blu-ray. Come by because it looks a little bit better. So, uh, made into it. So, it kind of popped, uh, stood out to me actually, to be honest with you. So, system for fully operational, and uh, you know, I started watching Lord of the Rings just to give it a real, you know, fantastic, uh, real, 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 real run here. So, um, now they made. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I but I'm no, I'm not. So French Connection Two is a yes, film. They made a yes, uh, Gene's in it. Yep. Uh, didn't get as good reviews or just a good score, I guess. Um, I'm curious though, so I was probably I might just give it a give it a watch there just to see. Uh, Interesting. I've never I've never seen it either. Uh, I've never. It's, uh... it's funny, and why I'm bringing it up is no matter how bad the sequel. Jaws 2 or you know no sorry I mean I'm not saying Jaws 2 is bad but any well-known movie with a sequel you know about it for good or or, or bad it's, sure yep you're you're aware I feel like French Connection I, I did know but I kind of forgot but I feel like not as many people know that there was a, a sequel made to this film uh, it's tough to say I mean I don't really know exactly you know who knows what about anything uh, uh, but <laughs> it is <laughs> it's yeah. definitely yes. uh, it is definitely a, a movie that is not you know again certainly when you're talking about the the drop you know between the first and the second of something you know uh, by all accounts this is a a pretty significant drop uh, although you know again I think the reason I never saw it was that I'd read that Roy Scheider wasn't in it and I thought well I don't need to see it then uh, also William Friedkin wasn't directing anymore. You know, there were just sort of, you know, enough elements, you know, Gene wasn't the, 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 the cell that, that he is to you. So I never bothered, but it is directed mm -hmm. by Jan, John, John Frankenheimer, who's a pretty talented guy. He's got, you know, a heck of a lot of good credits under his belt. So I don't know that it's bad. It just probably isn't by comparison uh, as good. And as a result, doesn't get the, the credibility or maybe the notoriety uh, certainly that this sort of eight Academy Award winning, you know, all that kind of movie uh, rah-rah, you know, will come with it. I mean, just reading about it um, and maybe something that I felt uh, I didn't get, like it didn't, it didn't sink in for me is how much Doyle really wanted to nail this Alain Charnier character. Obviously it was a, a good, great game of cat and mouse uh, for sure. And he wanted to catch him because he, well, he's a bad guy and he's a cop, right? I get that, but he really wanted to get him. Uh, and maybe I didn't, I didn't get that as much as I thought I could. But again, I find with movies like this, you again, like I said earlier, you gotta gotta slow yourself down a little bit, mm -hmm. slow your brain down, and really just take it scene by scene and look for those little subtle uh, remarks and stuff. I find movies today just put it right in your face. They 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 know what they want to tell you. And Certainly. It's, it, 
they just you know but i find these movies you have to kind of look for a little bit more and kind of let yourself really get into it um, ultimately this is part of why i tend to watch these movies twice you know in an effort to 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 get an experiential particularly if it's a movie i haven't seen either ever or 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 in a long time just so i get like sort of a, an experiential experience you know watching viewing and then go in with the more critical eye on the second watch so that uh I, there aren't surprises but there are things that i can either like or dislike or you know watch it in its totality because i, I do think that i mean ultimately this movie is again if you're looking at it from a cat and mouse perspective i think it's absolutely brilliant those sequences that they're that they play with and the obsession of, of Popeye Doyle to kind of catch this guy, you know, one of the things around this movie in particular, and, and, and perhaps movies in the seventies again, where it isn't about, it's about the subtext. It's about what you don't necessarily need to know or, or, or have it presented to you. But there are a number of scenes where he is, you know, arguing with the, with the police chief or certainly the federal agent, uh, you know, once that kind of comes into play, about like this is dirty. I, I gotta get it, you know. But he's he's obviously they make allusions to his past, and cops end up dead on your hunches, and you know he's trying to maybe make a name for himself. He's already on the outs with the chiefs and stuff like that. So you know it's not necessarily specifically about this guy in particular, but rather I need a bust because I'm in a bad, you know, I've got a bad rep, you know, and maybe it's nothing more than that, you know. It's it's just to in an effort to clear my name or to, you know, sort of prove to some level uh, that I still have it, you know, and the obsession is just, you know, this big bust or this score, he doesn't know how big it is. You know, they kind of only find out later, but it is, this is dirty. I want to get to the bottom of it because that's, you know, I'm a cop and I'm going to use whatever tactics I can to get it. Um, but I think again, just from a, a, a cat and mouse perspective or just like a good cop, bad cop or whatever the case I thought just just plays out brilliantly, and, and certainly there's sequences, certainly like the subway scene we can talk about later, is just phenomenal filmmaking, and again, just in my view, anyway, engaging and, and, and compelling uh, in pretty simple ways, but uh, delivers on every front. I think a movie like this kind of makes me think of how legends come about, and what I mean by that is this movie's made, people go watch it with zero expectations, really. Uh, and they go in and they it's like oh well, that's a cool scene oh that's neat oh neat oh wow this is oh ah this is great and then the legend grows right <laughs> it sounds like you had a tape recorder in the movie theater that sounded like <laughs> i was there in 1971 <laughs> oh wow this is oh yeah i think that's it i feel like i was there yeah <laughs> exactly and and then and then and then people start talking about it because they didn't have those expectations. And then, you know, and then a lot of legends that we don't know about, they grow and grow and grow. And then if we go back and the reality of it is these legends aren't really what they actually, you know, are, you know what I mean? So I think uh, it's just a different perspective. I think that's how, uh, you know, the legends are. Um, but anyway, speaking of legends, let's talk a little bit about Gene. Uh, this is a little bit before he played, obviously, actually, few years before he played lex luther in superman which is probably for what he's you know well known for i think probably for most people anyway uh he has been in superman and yet did not know he won an oscar for this movie so i guess yeah you're right you proved your own theory (laughs) (laughs) yes uh, as i usually do uh (laughs) So I mean, we we know a lot of Gene in the in later his career, and there's a few other movies I've seen him in, or we've seen him in, obviously, and a few that I've just kind of come across on on Netflix that I didn't never really heard of. But again, in his later years, in the '60s, '70s, '80s, that that I've enjoyed. But I mean, I believe I'm not sure. Um, he was born in 1930. Okay, yeah, he's 91. Yeah, 91. Yes. Um, still again biking as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Do you know when he started his career? Um, like was he a movie star in the fifties and sixties, or was it not until the seventies? Uh, my first memories of him are in the seventies. In some cases, his Academy Award-winning turn in 1971's *The French Connection*. So that this is this is his this is his starting career for you. 
No, I, this is the first movie that I know he's in that sort of stuck out for me. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm just kind of curious because we know those guys that, uh, I mean, we see, we look at uh, Stiller, um, Jerry Stiller, just as an example. Yeah. He's sure. Frank Costanza, right? He's yes. uh, Doug's father in King of Queens. But this guy was acting well before we were, you know, around. And I think sometimes we forget that. But I think I was just kind of curious. Uh, I believe if I'm looking it up right, Gene started in 1956. He was sure. began active. So he would have been 24. So, um, so there you go. So I don't know anything before French Connection. But uh, he was, I mean, we saw the conversation. That was 1974, Four. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So just yeah. So just a, a, but three years later, and I really I like that film. Right? That was that was an interesting film. I like that one. And mm-hmm. then French Connection, I think, came out after. And then we got 1975. Um, well, I have a suspicion that we're gonna watch all of these movies at some point, <laughs> so we can sort of maybe just talk about this movie instead of <laughs> Gene's Lifetime Achievements Awards. Uh, we got a bridge too far. <laughs> we got Superman the movie. We got who's yours, and then we get into yeah. the firm and the quick. And then, of course, he had a great career in the nineties. Certainly. Uh, so the movie we're going to talk about here, folks, is going to be uh, the French Connection. The French Connection. <laughs> uh, um, did you have any thoughts on the cinematography or any other technical things before we move into the movie itself? Those are kind of like the highlights for me, actually. Uh, I thought uh, it was well shot. I love the scenery. Uh, so those are those are the things that I thought were well done. Kind of have me my eyes glued to the screen. I was kind of I don't know. And it wasn't. It was just you know New York. It wasn't you know and a little bit of, of Marseille, Marseille. Sure. Uh, but even for right from the beginning, I don't know what it was. It just it really captured me. So well, uh, I think the use of some some handheld camera work, you know, and again the chase sequences, a lot of dollying down, and the you know again the camera is exactly where it needs to be to capture what's happening on the screen. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I was consistently impressed by the. You know, this is a term that you know kind of gets thrown around, but the sort of the verite. You know, the the reality that 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 camera kind of does. It's it's in places that are, you know, logical and make sense, but also just like perfectly placed for the action that's on the scene. And by having it sort of uh, handheld, in some cases, it does offer a an immediate uh, immediacy uh, to the performance and to the scene. Uh, and allows for uh, you know the the action to per to roll you know to play out uh, as intended. So I do find uh, that the the shots and the sort of style of it, and again you know putting the camera on the the front of those uh, during the chase, the the cars uh, really puts you into. And you know Bullet had done it uh, a little bit before that, but you know these are sort of uh, uh, you know camera tricks as it were, but they really put you in the in the heart and in the seat uh, of what is happening. Uh, and I thought this movie, uh, the camera work was uh, excellent, uh, really fantastic. Yeah, definitely agree. That's again, that was just one of the things I really took away from it. Uh, I think again, uh, there's I did find there was a, a fair amount of waiting, and, I, and I'm just trying to figure out: do they really? There's some parts of the film where I felt: do you really? Do we need this? Like, do we? Do we? Do we need this ten minutes of, of film? And I don't know. I I, I want to ask you that question. Did you, did you ever find watching is like? Do we? Why is this? Why is this part in this film? What? What does it? What does it do for the for the movie? I uh, the do think. I do think a couple of things that, that that come to mind when I was watching it that there was perhaps uh, maybe one too many uh, tales, you know, uh, uh, one too many um, uh, stakeouts. Let's say, um, <laughs> you know. Put, put a put a tail on the guy and sort of watch that that unfold. Uh, it happens a few times in the movie. You know, perhaps uh, if I had to cut out something, I might have cut out one of those. Um, but again, to me, it's just like again, one of the things I like about it is is the sort of cops being cops. There isn't anything that is too much. It it, it covers both ends of it to me. It's got the sort of Hollywood. Uh, uh, you know, depiction of cops, which is the, uh, you know, the scene in the bar, you know, kick the doors open, hands in the air, let me see everything you got in your pockets, you know, get up against the wall, like all of that sort of histrionics um, that, uh, you know, uh, what would sort of maybe be a typical, you know, Hollywood po- police drama 
right? It has that and it's got it in spades uh, almost right away, you know, kind of, uh, you know, after the beginning uh, and a couple more times throughout the movie. But it also has the perhaps more and, and boring uh, to me, anyway, not in, in so much as the movie, but boring maybe in terms of life uh, of the wait overnight, right? Like that first, uh, the first tale they put on the guy, you know, it's seven in the morning, you know, they're, they're watching him for, you know, 16 hours or something, you know, something kind of silly, you know, crazy. And there's something about just these two guys sitting in the car waiting for something to happen that personally I found compelling, but I can see how in a different context, it could be boring. Right. And because I think it was boring for them and you can see it in their faces mm. at times. There's a shot uh, a little later on uh, that we can talk about the, you know, the scene uh, where Doyle just looks completely broken. Like he just looks bored out of his mind. He's frustrated. He's, he's sad uh, at, at the lack of evidence that he's kind of coming up. He's got this hunch, you know, but he can't find the, the corroborating evidence to sort of to seal the deal. Um, and I think that, that this movie allows for those two things to coexist brilliantly you know where some of it is just the you know pomp and circumstance of kick the door in and give me all your money or give me all your drugs uh and the other side is we're gonna drive around watch this guy for a little while and he's gonna play a little back and forth with us you know and they do it again on the subway you know uh, when it's a man-to-man not the car but you know and so i think each of those sequences this sort of cat and mouse this sort of chess game once they know they're being followed. Uh, and I like how all that plays out. So uh, again, I would, you know, maybe gun to my head, cut out one of those scenes, but to me, it's just all about the building the anticipation for, you know, will they catch them or will, will, will they not? Yeah. I think when you, when you play it, like you want to portray boredom, you got to be careful because it might end up being boring to watch. <laughs> but, uh, and, uh, and, no, and, and I think again, another scene, which kind of, falls along kind of the same category is when uh Scheider uh Scheider's character comes over to um Hackman's apartment right to go over the case yeah, yeah. uh and you'll you actually notice when he tries to open the door he tells him to open himself and he has to get in yes. and there's a bicycle right at the front of the door yes and I think that's interesting so I don't know if that's <laughs> Gene, that was Gene's idea uh for the, his love of the bike um or just pure coincidence but I really, I really felt tired. I felt tired watching Gene's character because he's portraying being tired so well. You know, sure, what I mean? absolutely. And, and he's doing the same thing with the with the board with the boredom. He's just doing it so well that yeah. I'm like, oh man, I'm tired. The scene is dragging. Gene's dragging. You know? <laughs> I'm really, I'm really feeling it here. And I well, think he does that, that scene, he does that scene at the bar too, where he sort of just wakes up. Like there's that cut, yeah. smash cut to him, just like out cold on the bar itself, you know, wakes up, takes a drink of the beer. Like I get it. I, like I said, I just don't agree with you, but I, I don't just, I don't think you're wrong. I just disagree. Like, I, I think that those scenes to me set up character, uh, set up the, in some cases, the pathetic nature of Popeye and his obsession. Like he clearly doesn't have much of a life beyond what this job is. And, oh, uh, absolutely! I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not saying I was bored. I'm just saying it, it just. I I got it. I got the feeling. I think that's that's a, a kind of a success to, to show you oh, how yeah. well how well they're 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 filming. They're using the right camera angle. They're using the right shot. The right everything is right, but mm-hmm. the content itself isn't going to take you out of your seat. Sure, uh, that's fair. But it does. But it does. I mean, I, and I. I I think I, there's a certain respect for that, uh, and I think a lot of it goes to Gene, of course, because uh, he's he, I'm so he's he's selling it and I'm buying it. I'm just uh, <laughs> right. I'm yeah, just for eight ninety nine in a bargain bin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the that's not this movie isn't an action packed film, so if that's what you're looking for. Don't watch it, right? Uh, it's a story well, I wouldn't say it's action packed, but I don't think it's devoid of action. Like I think that that to me those chases. Um, and, and even the explosive nature of, of him in the bar, I find those to be compelling action pieces. Again, I'm not a person that gravitates towards, but mm-hmm. if I think about the first scene in the movie outside of, of France, um, you know, that, that Popeye is in the bar, sunny, cloudy is in the, is, you know, is the hot dog vendor, you know, and Popeye goes in and he starts roughing people up and then they're in the Santa Claus outfit and they're running and, 
you know, that scene I find is it's a bit like this movie Narc, which I love, uh, which just got a, a killer, you know, race chase sequence right at the beginning. Uh, and this kind of has something similar right away. And I find that to be engaging. And then again, the sort of the car chase uh, I found completely compelling and fa- and exciting and action packed and riveting and, you know, bumping into things and chasing the scene and the, the, and the you know, the, the conductor or, or the, you know, the controller is, 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 you know, has a heart attack, you know, like I found that those, all those kind of action pieces to sort of ratchet up the, uh, the tension in the movie um, very well. And even the sequence in which, again, the cat and mouse scene in the, in the subway, which to me is just the highlight of, of the movie, uh, I think is again, maybe not action packed, but definitely compelling and, 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 and interesting. So uh, while this movie, it wasn't necessarily a, a movie I would call action packed, I think it's 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 inaccurate to sort of suggest that it's uh, not that doesn't have a action in it. Uh, I think it's still mm-hmm. delivered on the front, at least for my tastes. You know, not a lot of explosions, but a, a fair amount of gun violence too. I would say, you know, some shootouts and so forth. Uh, yeah, the yeah, there's a little bit of blood there, uh, and again, kind of like how Gene was played tired well, played bored well when he when that that car chase is i that was just done equally as good and had the same kind of results uh but but in a different kind of uh you know it's it's what's well, it's a, it's a chase scene right so yes. again i i felt the chase scene for the same reason i felt tired uh is because it, it just it was just shot well though every time his car hit something you felt it you yeah. know uh the camera work was phenomenal having it on the dash for some of it, uh, a lot of it. Uh, I think that was a great choice and it kept it. I think what it did and what well, a lot of movies just, they lose me anyways, is it's over the top. Uh, I don't want over the top. I want to be in it. I want to feel like this could happen. And for that, sure. You want, you want Armageddon. Choice. You want Armageddon. <laughs> you don't want, you don't, <laughs> you don't want this. <laughs> Just give me something real. Give me something <laughs> real. Just drill a hole on an asteroid. That's real. Um, <laughs> I you always find a way to bring arm again. I think you have a secret crush on that movie. <laughs> the secret crush. That's right. If there's one movie we can we can do a second episode on that. Will not be Jaws. It'll be on Armageddon for sure. Yeah, maybe our like our hundredth episode. Our hundredth episode. Maybe we'll re- revisit Armageddon with some, uh, and we'll have a contest for. <laughs> Uh, how many times uh, we mentioned Armageddon in the previous hundred episodes? <laughs> I'll be there. Uh, <laughs> it was realistic; like it, it really felt like I was in the car with him, and I was so I, I really appreciated for that um, that scene and uh, and a lot of the scenes, and that's why it really felt it was really well shot. Uh, yeah, you know, um, every little uh, stuff uh, is just good. I mean. I, I did find there wasn't enough Roy. I loved Roy. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I just, there wasn't enough. Uh, again, so it made me appreciate it more when he was, was there, for sure. Um, yeah. But I really felt, I don't know, he's kind of, he was he was cool. Like, I, I don't know, he was an interesting, you don't really get to know him that much, but he's, he's pretty, you know, cool, pretty calm. That's uh, right. He's the level-headed one, you know, he's the guy that's actually trying to deal with the case Well. While uh, Popeye's, you know, drunk on his bed and, you know, all that kind of stuff, looking to pick up chicks, you know, he's just trying to, he's definitely the more level-headed one of, of the two for sure. And I agree, he's not in it much, but what's great about Scheider, in my view, uh, is he is just great in everything at any time. You know, he's not a big character, uh, you know, in Clute, he's, he's, he's got a, a significant role, but he's not like the lead, you know, and, and certainly Marathon Man is the same. You know, uh, movies like uh, All That Jazz, which is, is one we'll, we'll definitely revisit uh, or visit. Uh, you know, he, he is the lead. So you can kind of put him in a, in a Jaws where he's sort of a co-lead, you know, one of three. Uh, he can own the movie as in uh, Sorcerer and, and, and uh, in, uh, you know, uh, All That Jazz. Or he can be the sort of, the, you know, the cousin or the, the partner or the other guy in the room and always deliver, uh, in my view anyway, a phenomenally uh, uh, intelligent, uh, performance, you know, uh, exactly. where where it comes through in, in space. I think he's just uh, he's just fantastic. For every gene, you know, I, I've got a Roy. He's, he's my he's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, and there's not a whole lot of uh, depth when it comes to it. The the captain had a couple small roles. You know, I thought he was really good. 
Um, and then you have the other, the bad guys. Um, I'm not really familiar with them, but I didn't really have a whole lot of dialogue. Uh, no, all, all basically French, you know, for the most part, all French. Yeah, and, and it was fine and all. Uh, but again, not a lot of, of, of meat there to talk about, um, I don't think. I don't know if you want, you have, you want to did you on? Did you find it interesting? I mean, again, we'll just talk about the movies even. I don't have any other casting notes. Those two are really the, the, the stories, those yeah. two. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, ultimately, it's a it's that's all there is ultimately uh, to the story. So I would say that's really fine. In your let's talk about just the movie a little bit here in terms of some of the scenes. Do you have mm-hmm. uh, did you find the movie opening in France? Um, was that immediately off putting to you? Were you kind of interested or compelled by it? I was kind of thrown by it. I don't remember how the movie began, and I was sort of surprised that it was this sort of assassination in the, in France for no like you know. At that time, we didn't know what was, you know, I didn't know what was happening. Did you have any thoughts on that? Um, I kind of liked the opening scene. I think it was the atmosphere of it I liked. Yeah. Uh, and again, the, the the sound mix of it was good. And I don't know quite sure why he got shot, but um, I didn't, um, yeah, again, I didn't really know what to expect. But I, I, liked, I liked how it started off. It kind of got me intrigued, I guess. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, obviously, it did you were thrown. Well, I just didn't expect it is all. I just, you know, it's a bit like that. You know, there's, there's like scenes in the exorcist and it's like, I remember the exorcist being like in this walk up, you know, and the possession stuff. And there's a sort of section of the movie, if I remember correctly, sort of that takes a little detour into like Israel, you know, and like there's this sort of other sections of the movie that, I, you know, unless I really think about it, I, I don't really connect the two. And so when I think about this movie, I think gritty New York chase sequence subways, you know, and then I watched the movie and I was like, oh, actually, that's right. It starts with, and I, I kind of equated a little bit to something like Saving Private Ryan, which everyone sort of speaks about, you know, you got to love the, you know, the, the most, the first 15 minutes or the, you know, the, the you know, the best or the word, you know, whatever. Uh, but it's not actually the first 15. There's that whole other nonsense before the, <laughs> the storming the beach, right? Like, so yeah. it's just like a mismemory is all, you know, nothing necessarily wrong with it, but I was sort of thrown by you know, where's gritty New York? I thought this was like a New York movie, and then it gets to right away. You know, and, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know, it's in it's in. Uh, I think to answer your question, now that I have a vision of the of the title card. It is Brooklyn. Uh, uh, that the, oh, it the, is. Okay. The, the, yeah, it's set in. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I like that. Um, uh, I thought it was just kind of a bit off putting, like I said. But but you know, it, it got to New York, and I was back in familiar territory soon after, and I thought that was okay. I do want a couple talk about a couple scenes. That I just, I didn't really like, and I just kind of want your your opinion on it. And I just thought it was just, I, I would have made a different choice, I guess, uh, in, in my, you know, making the movie. Yeah. Not that I have that ability, but uh, I, did, I wasn't a big fan of the sniper, that uh, that scene. A little disturbing, uh, yeah. actually. Um, but I don't know. I just thought, I understand. Freakin loves killing mothers and children, apparently. Apparently, I just didn't like the I didn't like the choice of it. No. I thought an attempt on on Gene's life to kill him. I think there's a, definitely a lot of options. I wish mm-hmm. it kind of went more uh, was more aligned with what the, what the movie had been up to that point, Fair. and more of a kind of a cat and mouse, and then a, a trying to push him in front of the subway or you know try to rub him out. You know, a freak accident or something like that during like yeah. a you know a fall. I think that's what I kind of would have done, but could have been sure. uh, something that they want to do. This one is a little bit quicker to do, and I mean, why would a sniper? I don't know. I just thought it was well, it wasn't my choice. I guess. Yeah, uh, that's I fair. I agree. Actually, that. that's that's a scene that I don't really like. I like what happens after that. I like the chase that happens after that, and maybe that's why I forgive it. Uh, but I, you know, looking at it just on its own, yeah, it's not a great scene. It's a bit maybe uh, superfluous. I do again, yeah, exactly. I love what follows because that leads into the to the to the car chase, yeah, uh, and following the train. And the only thing thing I want to say about negative about that is, I don't know, it just seemed kind of silly. This the, here we have an armed guy who's clearly armed. He has a gun in his hand, and yeah. we have an unarmed guy saying, you, you "Don't do this. Uh, you know, this you're in trouble, guy." And walks towards him like. Yes, I don't think that's the right choice for anyone to do is to make a motion towards an armed man. That's fair. Uh, that's that was kind of maybe maybe it was, it was just that character's dumb, right? <laughs> <laughs> he had a dumb haircut, so I suspect it might be. 
Yeah, I just I just think they could have maybe just not made this character sure. dumb, but uh, um, it kind of remind me of the fugitive for a brief moment where he's on the subway and cop kind of catches wind that this guy's a bad news and kind of starts to follow him and he shoots him. That's exactly what happens in uh, yeah yeah when our man there in, in fugitive. also things uh, like uh, you know the taking of Pelham one two three, which is a sort of a train uh, hijacking kind of movie, a movie called Runaway Train, which is a canon movie back in uh, 1984, 84, 85, something like that, with uh, uh, John Voight and Eric Roberts and Rebecca De Mornay. It's a great movie, and uh, I'm gonna try and yeah. track it down. Uh, but well, yeah, I mean, so trains and, and sort of chasing was on on trains are, are, are definitely uh, lots of opportunities for great uh, great drama. And speaking of runaway train, there's uh, another Gene Hackman movie for people out there to watch, Runaway Jury. And also, uh, <laughs> we're talking about another Gene movie uh, involving trains. There's Narrow Margin yeah. uh, as well. Just to name a couple other films that Gene's been in, I have a whole list here. If we want to have, we have if we have time, but uh, no, we better not. But uh, <laughs> I don't think we do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah but, but but other than that there wasn't anything like i didn't that those were things i just i didn't like the choices sure. other than that other than that the rest of the movie things that maybe i didn't like or was disappointed it wasn't about the choices it was just i think me about just like uh i was it was kind of slow for him it's a little bit slow and uh i, I guess yeah. i was just waiting for the big the big, the big payoff i guess for sure. me as we get close to kind of the end again was I don't know. Okay, well, I do actually add one other scene that, and then this kind of comes back to my what I kind of talked about in Virgin Suicides, like when they're coming up to the door, they would have reeked like pot, and yeah. that kind of was kind of ignored. Well, this is the same thing. They tore that car apart. Yeah, uh, you can't put that back together as if nothing happened, especially in that period of time. Sure. Uh, so that kind of like, uh, you know, you know. No, no, it didn't sit well because there's no that's no way that you can rip a car apart and put it back together in that amount of time. Yeah, my so thought, my initial thought was that they somehow got the same one, but I recognize or like a like you know like a different version or whatever else of the same car. But I agree yeah. that that does sort of stick in. But again, much like the sniper, it's if that isn't the case, you don't get the great sort of. You know the one sort of line of humor in the movie, as it were, right? Where where Scheider's kind of playing it like, oh yeah, right this way. You know, like he knows, you know. But I, I want to just talk a little bit around. First of all, we'll go back a little bit to the subway, which is sort of a scene that sticks out for me, which I think is just great. Him tailing this the bad French man, uh, uh, Popeye following him and following him and following him in and around New York. He loses him. He gets him back. You know, all of that sort of stuff. The cat and mouse thing of it. And then into the, the actual subway itself, I love the way that that scene plays out with the sort of I'm in and I'm out and I'm in, I've noticed you and I'm playing you for, for both, you know, and the little twiggle of the of the of the fingers like I, I beat you with this round, uh, the frustration on Gene and just the just the way that that plays out. I could watch that uh, uh, for half an hour. Uh, I just I love the way that, that scene plays out. Did it stick out to you at all in any way or? or uh, uh, yeah, I've never seen it. I'd watched the trailer for it, and I, and I kind of knew it was you know, going to happen. Where the, the bad guy ends up on the train, and he, he ends up not on the train. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I enjoyed. It. I, I did. I did. I didn't. Uh, it was it was kind of fun to watch. I was kind of waiting to see where it went and how long this would go on for, and you know, sure. and there, there's a lot of like on the on the street as well too, right? Going around yep. corners, absolutely, and exactly for a bit. It goes uh, on. I think it's just brilliant stuff. Like again, just great filmmaking and like in terms of editing and style and the, and the presentation. And then again, performance. I just think it's a real cat and mouse. I really, really dig it. And that happens at around an hour into the movie, right? This movie is mm-hmm. a tight hour forty-three, uh, and that is the first time they're really having any sort of interactions whatsoever. Uh, a full hour into the movie, and then you know, it's basically. 10 minutes after that, give or take, that we get the car chase uh, mm-hmm. underneath the subway and so forth. Uh, and then uh, it's about an hour 30 before that scene you just talked about where they actually find the drugs in the car. And I think that the reveal of that, I think, is just great. It's a bit maybe uh, tropey, 
you know, like all of a sudden, like there's this like a light bulb, but these are cops. Like, again, I buy it. Right. Like Shider's going, wait, how much did it weigh? You know, like, and, and, and yeah, playing it that way. way and the reveal and like, well, it's, it's 120 kilos, you know, whatever it is, you know, and then all of a sudden like I tore that thing apart except for, you know, and like, well, let's do it. So I actually really like that. It's a bit of a, a real rousing kind of moment, especially considering right before that you've got Doyle, you know, just broken watching this thing the hoist goes up and like there's just he's he's lost you know he's got nothing at this point uh all of that between uh is is in one half hour of the movie and then 13 minutes later the movie's over like i said before so like this movie just has this ability to it to me it ratchets up it, it gets fascinating it, to me it keeps me interested and then it gets to this sort of from that one hour, basically until an hour 43, the last 43 of the minutes of the movie are pretty, you know, nonstop. Maybe not all action, but at least all propelling the plot and propelling the story forward with great scenes and great performance and, and, and great shots and so forth. Uh, because it ends up kind of culminating after the car sequence, which I, again, I'm with you. I think the, the, the putting it back together part is a bit of a, of, of a contrivance. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if there's sort of like an explanation for that, you know, maybe in, in, in the DVD commentary or something that might explain it a little bit better, but it does, it is a bit of a reach. I'll agree with that. Uh, but again, the scene before and during and after it to me is just so, is so rich and so good that I want to, I can't, I, I can't fault it is all. That's fair. That's okay. I mean, again, it's not, it's not a huge deal. It's just something I noticed, but again, I do want to talk about as we get to the end of this, the end of uh, our, our show, to the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, Gene's character had a beef with another character, who another cop. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't get along. They were at each other's throats a couple times. And of course, uh, Roy's kind of the mediator and what have you. Yep. And as we know, he thinks he's the French guy and ends up shooting him, right? So. Right. Yeah, and this is not the first time this has happened. Apparently, so do you think that was a good choice? Like, did you, how did you feel about that? Again, it was all pretty abrupt. Yeah, um, and how do you feel of that choice of of that happening to Gene again? Like his character again, he's killed yet another cop. In the I don't in, think I I don't think the illusion previous I never took to be him killing the previous cop. I think it was. I've got a hunch. Let's go into this building or something. And the, that person got shot there. Right. So I don't think that Gene killed another cop in another, in another instance. To me, it was always, it was the circumstance that put him in that position. Okay. Uh, yeah. Whereas this is, is actively, you know, even if an accident, but is actively kind of choosing to do it. Um, so I think they're two different things. Uh, I liked it. I, again, I, I find like this is Popeye at the very end of his obsession, right? You just cannot let this thing go. He's persisted the whole time, the whole time, the whole time. This guy's dirty. we got to get him. He's in that other room. I know it. And he goes to grab him because he's just like, he's that on edge. So I think it's perfectly appropriate that that character at that time shoots the first thing he sees. He almost shoots Grasso, you know, Sonny when he gets there, you know? So I think it just keeps him as on edge as possible. Yeah, it didn't seem to bother him too much. Kind of concerned. Well, I don't think he liked him. And I think, again, he's sort of, I've got to go get this. My obsession isn't in this room, right? I'll deal with this later, I think, is his mindset. Like, I'm going to go over and find this French guy over here. The only thing I don't like necessarily, I don't want to say like, but, you know, it sort of ends a little bit. He runs into the room. You hear a gunshot. And then it gets to black again. And then the movie's over. And this is, again, that abrupt ending. Um, so there's a thought of, like, well, and obviously we have the benefit of, a sequel and, you know, the benefit of, you know, 40 years or what have you. But at the time I wonder like, is that a satisfying ending? And if you are going to go kind of a vague ending on, on hard black, uh, then the credits, the sort of post, you know, the sort of title cards that come up afterwards saying like, Oh, so-and-so are still doing this. Right. So it's like, okay, well, the Frenchman was never seen and we know that Doyle and and, and cloudy are fine. So it just kind of left me like, well, then don't have the title cards because I just, I don't think the two work, you know, I want it to be vague. Let it be vague, you know? Yeah, exactly. The, what was the point of that gunshot? There was after what they did, there was really no point of doing that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. I just thought, like, ooh, there's an interesting ending. If it was just gunshot in blank or in black, it's like, ooh, is Popeye dead? Did they get the French? You know, like what happens? But if they kind of cut back and give you the story or the answers, it's like, okay, well, a little less yeah. exciting. 
Final thought, I'm going to go in the next movie, not as the cool, as Gene seen Gene Hackman as the cool hero, but as kind of a beat up, cra- uh, obsessed kind of crappy cop, really. And then, and then, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm definitely going to watch again. Phil, what do you have for us next week, buddy? Uh, this movie, uh, uh, French Connection, I love. I'm glad you presented it again. I'm happy to watch it again. And we're going to go to 1985. We're going to do uh, in honor of Richard Donner. I thought a lot about his oeuvre, but we're going to watch The Goonies. Okay. Uh, to, to, to celebrate uh, Richard Donner's career. Take care, folks. All right. Night.